Welcome to the Founders Journey Podcast. Inspiration, education for founders by founders. Welcome back to the Founders Journey Podcast. We're here talking about in our actual first ever version of doing a, a weekly curation around um, you know a central theme for founders. And this week we're talking about understanding the market. It's Peter, it's a theme that we see all the time and we've seen it come up over and over again. Really, when we talk about, you know, there, I think there's really four themes that we've seen arise in a lot of these podcasts, right? One is around the, is around understanding market shifts uh, and cultural trends, population trends, things like that, that are occurring around us. Second is around getting real clear on your vision. Third is around, once you get clear on your vision, narrowing the focus. And fourth is really looking for those opportunities that you're out there looking for the solution. And that's how it presents itself because it doesn't exist. Yeah, exactly. I mean, those are really common ones. And the the, top, the ones we're going to talk about are how people actually started companies around these and really uh, thrived by kind of following these simple principles. Absolutely. So the first one we'll get into is around understanding market shifts. I think, you know, uh, Lily Valletta, recent podcast that we just did is a great example of this really around during the pandemic era, around trends that were taking place and social unrest and things like that, and really trying to understand kind of the cultural nuances, cultural trends, so that businesses can really use this, um, not to take advantage of it from a, you know, necessarily from a bad way, but really take advantage of it from, a, you know, understanding those trends and really being able to gear their business toward that. Yeah, like knowing your market, like you said. Absolutely. There is a reason why at a, at a time when the world was quite stressed out right after COVID, right? So 2020, George Floyd, a lot of very serious matters that kind of brought a whole new sensitivity to the world. Yeah. Um, I actually did that kind of rebellious title of a TED talk called Diversity yeah. is Overrated. And it was for that very reason, because we could make this performative and compliance driven or realize that unless we take action in understanding the demographic shifts of our country and what it means for everyone's well-being and economy, yeah. we may be falling short and not stay competitive. Mm -hmm. um, so it is a different take, a little bit of a rebellious capitalistic twist, but still always with a heart and the purpose behind it. Yeah, another good example. Um, Jeff Olson actually um, looked at the market and had an opportunity as shifts in urban um, transportation and um, ecology and just, you know, taking care of our environment. Um, he really kind of took advantage of that and is going to talk about that here. Into doing this at a time when not a lot of other people did. Uh, Alta was one of the first consulting companies anywhere uh, to do this kind of work. And, you know, our, our belief was that whether it was bicycling, walking, or any other form of active transportation or non-motorized transportation was a good thing. Climate change, equity, uh, all the issues that we face in society are all addressed by something as simple as going for a walk or riding your bike. And yet those things were inherently unsafe in many cities, uh, you know, absolutely mm -hmm. dangerous in many places. Those of us that uh, remember the New York City of the 1970s, uh, you know, for all kinds of reasons, not a safe place to even be walking around. That was what made us work. That's what we were driven to uh, in our professional careers was to to try to change that, to make that better. Um, and I think that's what drew people to the company. You know, when Michael first started yeah. it, I know when he when he approached me to, to join in, I was like, 
yeah, great. There's a company that does this. This is a really exciting thing. Yeah, Jeff Olson, founder of City Bike. Um, oh, that, uh, that we did. Who really took advantage of? That's so true. You know that opportunity, that shift that was happening around urban transportation and climate change. Uh, second big thing that we talked about is you know clarity of vision. I think Jasper Pollock. We did a podcast with him uh, not too long ago. Great one. And he really, he really encouraged founders to, to try to answer two fundamental questions. How do I scale and what role do I play in that scaling as a personal decision for a founder in order to really help get clear on their vision? But that's one of the very first structural choices that you have to make as founder. One is, how am I going to scale this business? And two is, what role am I going to play in it? And those are two questions that are completely derived from the question of, what are we actually building here? Yeah. Why are we doing this? Where are we going? Yeah. And how are we going to get there? And that's usually where all these conversations come back to. People come to me all the time with tactical questions on project management and operations. And, and they're like the, in the nitty gritty detail. And if you don't know where you're headed and roughly how you're getting there, let's start with that. Because it, the clearer you have that and the clearer everyone is rowing in the same direction, the fewer questions you actually need to answer. Because it's obvious. If everyone knows we're going right, no one will ask you about this shiny object on the left. Jen Openshaw also talks about like three to five big things to focus on uh, monthly, quarterly, um, and really kind of focusing on those things and saying, you know, if you focus on those big drivers for your business, you can really get outcomes. I think keeping your eye on the big ball all the time. Like what are the three to five big moves that'll move your business and keep those in front of you on a piece of paper or revisit them once a month with your team or yourself. I think it's very, and I tell my team this, it's very easy to get caught up in minutia all the time. Very easy. And this, by the way, goes if you work for a big company. And I think that's, you know, there was one particular job I had that I really enjoyed where I went into there and I said, you know, I'm going to focus on like up to three big moves. And I was, you know, some of it was a little luck, but I hit one or two of those like out of the park and it really can make your business, make your reputation, all of that. So focus on the really big things that'll move you forward. And, um, you know, a team that complements and supplements what, what you're good at. Absolutely. Absolutely. Focus on those, uh, those big rocks, right? Um, you know, the other uh, the other big thing that we mentioned is around once you get clear on the vision, it's really continuing to narrow, narrow, narrow. And you and I harp on this all the time in a lot of different podcasts. Martin Babinick was a, he was the founder of Trinet, was on actually over a year ago now. He was one of our first guests, but still a great example of this. Um, as they grew Trinet, which is now a publicly traded company, really that even though they needed to scale to grow a big business, they had to do that by getting super narrow in their focus. And their, uh, for them, it was around high tech startups. But that's how they that those kind of contradictory things right around the need for scale, but getting really, really narrow in your focus. What we did was make the decision to concentrate on a vertical market, which, by the way, is counterintuitive. Because you're trying to build a business on scale, you need scale, it's like oxygen. And instead, you're trying to say, you know, we're going to narrow the focus. And, and I'll be frank in saying it was what saved us from the, our first near-death experience by, get it, by going at vertical focus, but it's counterintuitive when you're trying to build a scale business. But by doing so, we built community 
because we targeted a vertical where we knew there were people talking with each other. And when we delivered successfully on the expectations that we were setting, then we got referral business, which helped us scale up through the headwinds of resistance on market adoption. Lily, uh, we just talked about Alto did that. I mean, when she found this opportunity to fill the void, she stepped in and really just focused on Fortune 100 companies that needed that support uh, and built solutions for those companies. Culture Plus Group was just announced to the media. We were featured by AdAge recently in a big splash uh, about two months ago. Uh, and really is the consolidation of cultural intelligence services for big corporations that want to successfully reach America's fastest growing consumer markets and diverse segments, which we see shifting demographics, but a lot of the big corporations don't know how to go about it. And it's not just goodwill and translating things to Spanish that are going to do the trick. So that's what we do. We do research, business strategy, training and analytics as well. We do uh, shopper marketing and media, all with a cultural intelligence twist. Yeah, absolutely. Huge societal change that was taking place. But she had to take that and distill it down to, I'm going to help Fortune 100 companies go and, uh, and make change in this area. And I think the last one is around really filling those market gaps that we just kind of stumble into, right? One of the themes that we've seen come up in the podcast um, is, you know, people who were working, guests who were working for larger companies went out to the market, tried to find a solution to a problem that they were having, couldn't find it. And I think um, we heard that from both Lily Valletta and we heard it from Ben Wright, who was the founder of, uh, who's the founder of Velocity Global, which is a huge company um, in the international PEO space. Um, we heard them both talk about that same. I realized, wait a second, I'm looking at numbers and trends that are going to impact our expectations with the street, my sales forecast, and how we go to market. And it was the light bulb moment and created this task force out of nowhere. I guess my first incubated, you know, startup was inside J&J, yep. which was the creation of a task force to look into the shifting demographics and what they meant to the business. And also um, the quest for strategists or consultants or agencies, somebody that could help me figure this out into the market. So I did my market research, looking at the outside world and who's out there that knows how to do this. And the combination of numbers and trends, nobody was paying attention with a market that was kind of scarce for experts that could help yeah. a giant corporation figure this out, gave me the idea to create the company I couldn't find to hire. And yep. fast forward 13 years later, here we are. So that is kind of like the spark that yeah. started the journey. And the CFO was like, well, hold on, buddy. <laughs> I don't want a company in Saudi Arabia. I just want to employ this guy. And honestly, it's probably a two-year project. So this just doesn't make sense. But he said, listen, y'all y'all do business in Saudi Arabia, right? And I said, well, yeah, that's how I know so much about it. And he said, well, why don't you just employ him there for me so that I don't have to go set up and register my company? And it was that was the moment that the path chose me um, because it seemed to me a complete no-brainer. Like, my gosh, why can't you do that? And using our platform, why can't you just employ people everywhere? But we didn't offer a service. And frankly, you know, the founder of the organization I was with was a little reticent to kind of venture into that space. And so I ran Global Partnerships for us. So I looked around and I said, well, there surely there must be somebody doing this. And there wasn't. Lily talked about being an entrepreneur 
trying to do something unique in her company, couldn't find it outside and then started the company. It's a, a great place to start, to start a company. Absolutely. That's it for the Founders Journey uh, podcast curation episode. We don't really don't have a name for this. If somebody has a good name for it, drop it in the comments. We'd love to, uh, we'd love to hear it. Um, we'll see you next week.